Hey, there you are! And welcome to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and, as you well know, pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He's Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we are web-slinging our way into episode 87 today, September 8th. 2018. This week's episode is chock full of gaming news and movie news, which makes sense just because over the last couple of episodes, we have been doing focus on certain things like the THX deep note stocks, that sort of thing. Like cyberpunk. So yeah, absolutely. So we're going to play a little teensy weensy bit of catch up here. Gaming news includes, unfortunately, a shooting at a uh, John Madden football championship in Florida. Anthem release date, Overwatch League adding new teams, Streets of Rage 4. Soul Calibur 6 might being the last of the series. And Gwent single player campaign will now be a standalone game. Movie news includes movie pass changes. Surprise, surprise. Netflix Witcher details. Captain Marvel movie details. Die Hard 6 name has been officially revealed. Actor Burt Reynolds passing away. And The Incredibles 2 smashing a new record. And we actually do have a uh, technology news article that covers the second company to reach the $1 trillion market value. Steve, do you know which one that is offhand? Apple. Apple was the first one. Happened about a month ago, I believe. A month or two. I can't remember exactly. We'll get into that later. Okay. (gasps) Our... Topic of the day is, in case you couldn't guess it from earlier, Spider-Man the Game by Insomniac Games for the PS4, which uh, you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamp located in this episode's details section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc., etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. And if you do, you'll get to find out what's new with Steve. Steve, how you doing? Russ, doing okay. Watched a couple movies, played a couple more mobile games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and deleted a few, too. So, yeah, no, I uh, I downloaded Brutal Age, which is kind of like your caveman uh, Clash of Clans kind of oh. thing, only it's not nearly as expansive. I mean, it kind of is and it's kind of not. I started the game out, you know, it was just telling me everything to do. Like, okay, you'll click here, do this. Click here, do that. And I'm like, okay, I'll keep on doing this, you the other. And it, but they had pre-programmed places for, uh, there's a little bit of alliteration there, pre-programmed places Yes. to put everything you couldn't uh, really P-cubed. do your, yourself. And, uh, and then I got attacked and then I couldn't go gather resources or I couldn't do anything. So I thought, well, um, gee whiz, if it's not going to tell me and I, I'm clicking everywhere I can click on the screen to do anything. I guess I'll just delete that because I'm at a you know, standstill. Mm. So I, um, I deleted that one. And uh, let's see, I think, I think I actually, you know what? I had Last Shelter. I finally deleted that one. I kept on playing it for a while and that one's donezo. Well, that's good. Other than that, I was, uh, I was, I'm keep on going with Art of Conquest. That one's pretty cool. I'm getting stronger. Which one is that? That's the one. Um, it, I was advertised on Facebook as something completely different than what it was. Surprise, surprise. But this <laughs> one was actually cool. You're like, you, I you was expecting to, spaghetti and I got Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. Still, there's still noodles, though. You know, that, oh, well, that, my <laughs> mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, um, that one's actually all right. Uh, I'm in this decent clan, and we're taking over some uh, some other clans, and uh, just trying to get stronger. One person said, "Hey, I took over the city, but I can't move in. Like, you can only 
you can expand your realm, but I guess this person couldn't. Hmm. And so, and uh, it, what's kind of cool about the game is, you know, you, you have people all over the world playing it, mm-hmm. and it has an, a translator built into it. So I, there's people from Russia, people from China playing, and uh, there's people, there's someone from, uh, I think it's, I don't know, Brazil, I think. Anyhow, it has an auto-translator in it. So you can write whatever you need to write, and it'll write it out in your language. Oh, and, that's cool. And it'll post in their language, but you can hit the, this, this button on every little, wind. Uh, what is it, uh, language bubble? Uh-huh. What's it called? Uh, and it'll auto translate it for you. It's and it's pretty. It's accurate too. Nice. So yeah, you wouldn't want to be saying the wrong thing or yeah. offensive thing. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to make friends, and they're giving you the stink eye. Yeah. So this person, uh, this this girl says, "Hey, I just took over this thing. You know, go ahead and move in." I thought, oh, I've never moved out of my castle before. Right, click here, click there, move on in. Nice place you got here. Lots, Lots of space. Of space. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I moved in and I started doing my repairs and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not that strong yet. You know, and she says, oh, I'll, I'll defend you. I'm strong. I'm like, okay. So one day that I didn't check in before I went to work, mm. I got attacked 21 times. Well, apparently they were waiting in the bushes. Yeah. Watched as you left your castle unattended yeah. and decided to strike. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting attacked before. Nothing happened, though, because I was good. But I, I don't know. I, they, some other entire clan must have just attacked my one little household. Wow. And so uh, I had to move out. They, I was forced to go to retreat with my You were evicted. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, let's see. I watched. Oh, I watched um, Ghost in the Shell, Russ. Which one? There's multiple versions now. No, Well, the new one. The live action one with Scarlett Johansson? That's right. Ah, yes, I've seen that. What did you think? I didn't think it was going to be, I, you know, going into it, I thought, yeah, I got to watch this. I'll throw it in there. But after it was all done, I was like, hey, you know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but I, it was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. The visuals are awesome. Yes. Now, they did a great job trying to recreate. They were what, very uh, faithful to the original. Yeah. And I didn't feel like they dumbed it down. No. Um, they took a lot of what was good about the original mm-hmm. and or at least the action sequences as far as like the story and a lot of the, the theory that they, they, they had it in mm-hmm. the original where mm-hmm. you had to really pay attention and put pieces together. I mean, yep. the, the, the cartoon is actually like in depth. You got to really pay attention. They really, they, they throw a lot of stuff at you, yeah. which is nice. They treat you like you're an adult. I like that. This one, they kind of brought that, that. I feel like like they, they captured the soul of the original anime movie in the live action. Like the whole time, it just felt to me like like they were doing it justice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't mean they, they brought that out. I mean, they kind of made it a little more shallow, I guess I should say. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't focus so deep on the theory of, you know, individuality and who you are in this world of kind of cyberpunk in a way. Yeah. Um, so... I thought, okay, well, I don't know. It maybe the goal was to bring more people into the the fan base of Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. perhaps leave the door open for continuing the story. I think there was a couple other branches off of the, uh, the original. I don't really remember how it did at the box office. I think it did okay. Yeah, I don't think it did that great. Yeah, I think if it was if it was a released DVD 
or Blu-ray, I think it would have been, been awesome. Or perhaps a Netflix original series. Or perhaps Netflix original series. <laughs> so yeah, that would have been, I think, a lot more uh, successful than just going to the theater. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I saw The Jungle Book, the live action Jungle Book. How is that? That's not bad. Um, what made you, I'm surprised that you actually got that. I had some friends see it and recommend it to me. Were they five years old? No, mm. they were not. They were six, weren't they? Uh, six and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, my friends were six. Yeah, that, that, that sounds terrible. <laughs> um, anyhow. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, some, some buddies of mine were saying, yeah, they saw it and uh, recommended it. So I figured I'd rent it. It's not bad. I don't know. It's not great. I... I I anticipate that it's probably nowhere near as good as the classic cartoon. I think my favorite part maybe was hearing Christopher Walken as the the voice of the orangutan. Was it Lou? I think King Lou. I don't know. Louis? Louis. Or something? I don't know. Um, But anyhow, it's Christopher Walken singing, um, (laughs) I want to be like you. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Which is (laughs) quite entertaining. That might be worth the price of admission for me. I I may need to check it out after all. I had no idea he was involved with it. And uh, what is his name? What's oh, good grief? Oh. Bill Bill Murray. Bill Murray's in it. Really? Yeah. Is he Baloo? He's Baloo. I knew it. Uh, and I think uh, what is what's his name? Ah, oh, jeez, man, I'm so terrible with names. <laughs> Liam Neeson. I think Liam Neeson's in it. Okay. Is he in it? I gotta look it up again. <sighs> I think I think he's the voice of the um, of the of the Panther. I could see that. So, yeah, the animation's pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and little Mowgli. Uh, they're getting very good at. Uh, you know, imagining these creatures actually are there existing. I wonder mm. if they have just the like way they did with Smeagol with the person who's dressed up in that kind of green screen outfit mm-hmm. interacting with them. Andy Circus. Andy Circus. Because it's much easier when you actually see somebody there that you're supposed sure. to be interacting with than pretending they're there. You know, I think that there is also, isn't there like another Jungle Book live action movie that either it's either coming out or it came out recently, but like it takes the, a much more darker tone. I guess like the the actual original story of the Jungle Book is not as lighthearted as Disney made it out to be. Hmm. I can't remember what they're, I don't know if they're just calling it the jungle or if it's something else, but. I'm sorry it was Ben Kingsley. I don't know how they got that mixed up. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Uh, recognition where recognitions do. But uh, Idris Elba is uh, Sharia Khan. Cool. So yeah, a lot of a lot of pretty good names being the voice actors. Yeah, you indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what about you, Rose? Uh, well, I have a list of things here in front of me, Steve. Yeah. As you know, I was one of the lucky few who was able to buy a PS4 Pro Did you 500 know? million limited edition console. I was up. I, you, you, you were telling me to help you out with that. I was. I was up till four in the morning. Yes, you were. Clicking on refresh for uh, Target and Best Buy. Yep. My goodness. I was able to score myself one. I was hoping we can get two because honestly, I wanted to have one that we could do like a giveaway on Joygasm, but well, it just it sold out way too fast. And I, I, you know, I don't remember what number I, I, I know I'm in the high. You got the 500 million one. <laughs> I, so they had like 50,000 that they manufactured and, and sent out. I think I'm like 48,880 something or other. Uh, so it's, it's pretty high up there. I was hoping, oh, maybe I'll be in the, uh, 
first 1,000. No, no. Yeah, I was on the other end of the spectrum on that one. I was able to play a little bit of the Destiny 2 DLC Forsaken on Xbox One. And what I mean a little bit, I mean just a teeny tiny bit, but just because the whole like installing loading DLC stuff uh, did not go as planned. I thought I was doing my kind of early bird gets the worm thing by, by having stuff um, downloaded. And then when it, when it came to play, then Bungie of course drops down this magical update that you have to do. And it just took, I mean, it was like, I think like a seven and a half gig. I can't remember if it was that big or bigger, but anyway, uh, I was not able to get very far in that. I'm going to have to continue going into it. But of course, that is the one DLC that everyone who is a Destiny 2 fan or just a Destiny fan in general has been looking forward to as perhaps being the, the redeeming of sorts for Bungie in terms of how like the, the storylines of Destiny 2 has been lackluster and, and uh, they're just looking for something that will actually kind of bring back the glory days, so to speak. So... Of course, me not having any kind of um, previous play experience with the first Destiny. I'm just kind of going off of uh, what some of our friends are are saying about it. So, did that. Played a little more Injustice 2. Haven't played that in a while. It was fun to kind of get back into the swing of things and that. But I had about five minutes worth of playage on that. I was also continuing my adventures through Octopath Traveler for the Nintendo Switch. Mm. I think you would like that that game. Would I, Russ? I, you know, as I'm playing it, I'm thinking, you know, this is, this is kind of a, an RPG that Steve, I think would dig. Mm. It's, it's definitely up your alley. It's pretty fun. I think that you'd like it. It's the you know, traditional turn-based combat kind of stuff. I, oh, this is a totally random, but I feel compelled to share. I finally bought a Sonic care toothbrush. Oh. Okay. We literally great front. We went there and uh oh my goodness. both the wife and I have been meaning to get one. We finally did. We have not used it yet. They're charging right now, but let me nice. tell you. I've watched you, Steve. Is this part of the uh I have watched you uh, with your Sonic Care toothbrush. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be really uh happy with it. Is this part of the tech part of the show? It knows? is not. Yeah. And we are not being sponsored by Sonic Care either. But but <laughs> however, I feel as though it was uh, the appropriate time to be able to make that leap from the old school manual toothbrush to a Sonicare toothbrush. Nice. So we're going to see. I haven't actually tried it out yet. I I guess you have to let it charge for 24 hours and then I'm going to give it a go. You know, I did play one more game. Sorry to cut you off there, Russ. Oh! I I downloaded this. Your Nintendo talk spurred this uh, my my memory. (laughs) So uh, Nintendo has this game. It's a free game. It's called Fire Emblem. Yes, I've heard of it. I got that one. At, you know what? What's really cool so far is that, I mean, the music is awesome for mm-hmm. a mobile game. Mm-hmm. And they give you like this full CG anime in the beginning, like the beginning cool. cutscene. I thought, uh, wow, I'm watching something really high quality anime style on my HTC. You still have not watched the Batman or Ninja Batman or Batman Ninja? Ninja it Batman? Batman Ninja. On my Netflix list. Ninja Batman? Batman Ninja. I, I think it's Batman Well, Ninja. there's two words, Russ. Batman <laughs> and Ninja. And it's either one or the other. My mind's like, huh? <laughs> you do, you don't, you do, you don't, you do, you don't. I want to buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was also playing a little bit more of Persona 5, which comes highly recommended. I haven't gotten too far in it. I'm still very much in the beginning, but especially after getting the PS4 Pro, a game like that with the improved graphics, the improved loading times too, that sort of thing, um, 
it definitely is is uh, capturing more and more of my interest. I had no idea, but Persona Five actually is produced by Sega. You didn't know that? I did not know that. It was developed, I believe, it's by Atlas, which I I can't remember if Sega owns or is partnered with or whatever. But anyway, the graphic style constantly reminded me of Jet Set Radio Future. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, okay, I like that style. And then all of a sudden, I see the the Sega logo. I'm like, oh, well, that makes total sense. Okay, because even like the kind of the, like the <gasps> persona of the game was very much in line with kind of how like the spirit of Sega games feels and that sort of thing. So yeah, uh, I was looking forward to telling you about that. Thank you. Even though you probably could care less, I do. Finally. I have a little surprise for you, Steve. Oh, my goodness. I have purchased tickets for us to experience the ILM X-Lab Star Wars Secrets of the Empire virtual reality. Oh, what in the world? They are going on a U.S. tour, and tickets are still available at the following locations. Anaheim, California. Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. That's where the old lady's from. Yeah, and actually, technically, <laughs> I guess I should not have said they are going to on a U.S. tour. They're going on a North American tour. How about that? Uh, Ginting, Maryland, Las Vegas, Nevada, Glendale, California, Orlando, Florida, and West Plano, Texas. Oh. So we are going to be checking it out here in a couple of weeks. And... Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I have been keeping tabs on this new arm of ILM that kind of uh, indulges in kind of more of this like prototype virtual reality technology kind of stuff. Apparently in this one, I think you have between four to eight people that all go together. You get all geared up and you go into these rooms and I think you're stormtroopers or something and you're on this mission for the empire. But apparently it's supposed to be this big deal where like you can run your hands on surfaces and it feels like different types of textures and you have your blaster, of course, and that sort of thing. And you're, you're going on through this, this major experience that in, includes like smells, different types of actual physical feeling that you can have, um, even like wind blowing on your face and that sort of thing. So I mean, it's, it's designed to be just kind of like the latest, greatest version of what can be done through virtual reality. So <clears throat> that's my treat to you, Steve. Why, thank you, Russ. And I think it'd be fun for us to be able to have that be our uh, topic of the day in the uh, upcoming, I don't know, maybe in two or three episodes from now on Joygasm, we'll be able to report back on what we thought on that. Awesome. Just don't shoot me in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, friendly fire. (laughs) Oh, you're out for the remainder of the experience. Apparently these blasters don't have a safety. Yeah. If you hold the trigger down, what happens? Pow, 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 pow. Okay, everybody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to some gaming news here. To start things off here, this is on a more of a serious note. Gamer David Katz was ID'd as the gunman who killed two and hurt 11 at Jacksonville Madden's NFL tournament. Did you hear about this? Yeah, this happened like a like two weeks ago, Russ. Yeah, yeah. The Daily Beast reported a disgruntled gamer shot up a Madden NFL tournament, killing two people and injuring eleven before taking his own life. And you can actually hear the whole thing take place uh, on a live video. I guess they were streaming on Twitch. You could, and I, and I think they actually had the the picture in picture 
um, that the raw version of it, you can actually see the the horror taking place. But then, like, I guess there are other versions that the news outlets were using where they were able to omit that so people couldn't see it, but you could still hear the audio going on. And it's just, it's just terrifying to listen to something like that. Um, police in Jacksonville, Florida, identified the shooter as David Katz, who was 24 years old of Baltimore, a competitive gamer who was attending the regional qualifier when he is said to have opened fire with a handgun. Uh, the police did not specify a motive at the time. The incident unfolded around 1.30 p.m. inside a, a restaurant filled with gamers hoping to do well enough to, in a regional qualifier to play in the national championship in Las Vegas later this year. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm kind of shocked by the whole thing. I mean, apparently he lost a, a bout and went home, grabbed his gun, came back, and people just need to chill out. It, I mean, to me, it's it's just... There are so many things in this world that just are worse than losing a game. I mean, I mean the whole like sore loser thing. It's like your life isn't over if you lose a game. It, it, you need to get better. Surround yourself with people who are better than you, and you will improve no matter what it is. But I was just shocked to see that. I mean, it's it's just it's just different times, man. Just different times. BioWare announces Anthem demo release date at PAX West 2018. Uh, it looks like it will be February 1st for the Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Just uh, in time for your birthday there, Steve. That's right. Now, Overwatch League has added six new teams. Six new franchises have been added to the Overwatch League, including, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this correctly, Chengdu, Hangzhou, Paris, Toronto, Vancouver, and Washington, D.C. The additions bring the roster up to 20 teams, with nine of them from outside of the United States. There's no information on Season 2's schedule just yet. However, Disney signed a multi-year broadcast deal with Blizzard Entertainment in July to broadcast the uh, Overwatch League alongside ESPN and ABC, so you'll have plenty of places to watch it when it finally kicks off. I'm, I'm also guessing that it'll still be broadcast on Twitch as well. I, w I would think so, Russ. Twitch is uh, kind of your, your, your gaming sports extravaganza. Well, if you remember, like, they had uh, an initial exclusive deal where I think they paid Blizzard, like, $80 million in order to, like, have, like, exclusive rights to You're be touching to my foot right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. I've totally, like, lost my, my concentration. So... Moving on to the next one, Streets of Rage 4. Were you ever a Streets of Rage fan, Steve? Yes, Russ. For the Sega Genesis? Genesis, yes. Yes, absolutely. Have you seen some of the visuals of the upcoming Streets of Rage? No. Looks pretty fun, Steve, I gotta say. Classic beat-em-up, Russ? It's a classic beat-em-up, and they've taken kind of a... more of a quasi-anime cartoon kind of feels like like 2d cell animated it's, it's it's pretty cool you have to check it out when you get a chance but polygon reports the new streets of rage is coming uh let me see if i pronounce this one correctly i think i believe it's dotemu and lizard cube the publisher and developer of wonder boy the dragon's trap announced streets of rage 4 in partnership with sega 
Also involved in the creation of Streets of Rage 4 is Guard Crush Games, developer of Streets of Fury, a side-scrolling beat-em-up released in 2015 that used digitized graphics. Streets of Rage 4 will feature series veterans Axel and Blaze. There we go. In an, quote, an entirely original arcade-style romp that will feature classic beat-em-up gameplay, new fighting mechanics, and an original story, according to its creators. The sequel to 1994's Streets of Rage 3, man, that was a long time ago, will boast hand-drawn visuals from the team behind Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. And that particular title had hit consoles back in, uh, oh, excuse me, consoles and PC in 2017. Now, going down memory lane, Sega's Streets of Rage series kicked off on the Sega Genesis. Do you remember when the first one debuted, Steve? What year? 1991. Very good. Thank you very much. That is correct. And the original Streets of Rage was followed by sequels in what years? 93? Nope. The sequel, so Streets of Rage 2 came out in 1992. Right. And then Streets of Rage 3 came out in 1994. Okay. I, I thought it was a longer period of time. I think Streets of Rage 3, they actually had more, I don't know, uh, like one-on-one -on -one fighter moves in it where one of the characters, I think Axel or something, had a flaming uppercut. And I was like, okay, I can see where they had to kind of take it this direction, but... I don't think that really fits. I feel like they went through a kind of a graphics revamp with Streets of Rage 3 where like yeah. a lot of the characters had a bit more presence on screen. Yeah. I think you get the kid at the rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, yeah, I, you had, a, yeah, I think there were like four characters total, weren't there? There was like the, the regular dude who was kind of agile and kind of strong. Then you had the real strong dude. Then you had the chick and then you had the kid with the rollerblades. Yeah, yeah. The series was fondly remembered for its strong visual style and music from composer Yuzo Koshiro, which I remember that actually uh, quite fondly. Uh, platforms. Now, here's the deal. Uh, they have not announced which platform that Streets of Rage 4 will come out on. I imagine it's probably... I could totally see it coming out for, for the Nintendo Switch, honestly, because Sega seems to have really allied itself on that platform. But I mean, having said that, I could see it coming out on Xbox as well. I think it'd be a natural fit. I think it'd be a multi-platform deal. Soul Calibur 6 could be the last in the series if it does not sell well. IGN reports producer Motohiro Akubo told Dual Shockers that the franchise was on shaky ground after the fifth installment and that there may never be another game in the series of Soul Calibur 6 is a flop. That would be the worst case scenario, but publisher Bandai Namco apparently had to be slowly won over to even give Soul Calibur 6 the green light. And I have a quote here. They were saying, the first thing is that the IP itself of the Soul Calibur franchise had low expectations from the company, said Okubo. It was actually facing a crisis of maybe disappearing. It took time for me to convince the company. That makes sense to me just because Soul Calibur 5 was terrible. I'm a big Soul Calibur fan. I've collected it since the very first one. And Soul Calibur 5, it was just, it was so unfortunate because the graphics were really cool, but the, the entire layout, the whole like presentation of how you like kind of progress through the journey of the characters and the kind of, I guess you could say the kind of the single story campaigns. I mean, it was absolutely a muddy experience. I was 
just so confused as to like what was happening, what was going on, really what the purpose was. Because oftentimes in the traditional sense, you have each one of these fighters, they have kind of their own history or what their motives are for going through and fighting these different people within Soul Calibur. And then you have some kind of ending that kind of continues on their their journey, so to speak. And they just completely just threw that out the window in Soul Calibur 5. So yeah. I'm hoping that they return some of that in Soul Calibur 6. Like, don't try and go too crazy with that stuff. If, if they embrace kind of what made Soul Calibur, especially Soul Calibur 1, 2, and 3 so good, just stick to that and you're going to have a great game. And finally, Gwent, my favorite online card game. Gwent's single-player campaign will now be a standalone game. Matt Davidson reports developer CD Projekt Red has announced that the upcoming single player campaign for Gwent, the Witcher card game, will now be launching as a standalone game in its own right. The mode called Thronebreaker had already, not to be confused with Stormbreaker from <laughs> Avengers Infinity War, had already been delayed from its expected release date last year. However, in CDPR's latest financial briefing, it was revealed that it will now be known as Thronebreaker, the, the Witcher Tales and has evolved into a full-scale 30-hour RPG. This has not affected the gameplay, which will still be driven by Gwent matches, but seems to be an indication of the new size and scope of the single-player campaign. Thronebreaker won't require the Gwent game client to play and will be available as a complete standalone title. No release date or price has yet been announced, but CG Project Red has indicated that it will launch around the same time as the game's huge homecoming update intended to bring the game back on track after it drifted away from the developer's original vision. And uh, that is all of our gaming news. That's excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Oh, didn't you hear the game spot uh, brought out news that Onimusha? Is being remade. I was never, uh, a and big it's fan. coming out in January. Are, are are you a big fan of Animusha? Steve? We talked about it on an episode. I think it was around uh, around December or so. Mm. I got Animusha one and two. I, I did not know you were a big fan of Animusha. I I was playing it on PS Dos. Really? Yeah, it was a fabulous game. Oh well, Man. good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to say about it? No, Russ. I'm looking forward to it, that's all. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> Movie Pass raises subscription price, limits availability of blockbuster releases. IGN reports MoviePass is raising its monthly subscription price and is limiting access to nearly every major blockbuster release. The company will be increasing its price from $9.95 to $14.95. And uh, honestly, I think that that's probably a better thing for them to do just overall because the 995, I just do not think is sustainable in terms of them staying in business. I think they're <laughs> they're hemorrhaging way too much cash. Uh, and of course, that of course, I don't think it's any surprise. MoviePass, uh, if you recall, Steve, temporarily ran out of money. Right. They had to uh, borrow five million large in order to keep the lights on, so to speak. Is that all? Users uh, also will not be able to watch new movies within the, the first two weeks of release. And uh, so it's... MoviePass is constantly going through these different changes and whatnot. Um, it seems as though they're starting to kind of stabilize 
at least at this point in time, like what you're supposed to do. The good thing is, is that they did suspend having to take a picture of your ticket stub and then upload it and send it to them as proof. Uh, yeah, it's you. So that's good. I like how they removed that. But although they did use the word, they literally used the word suspended, which doesn't mean like it's gone forever. It's just kind of not doing it now. Um, and moving to this whole notion of where you can watch three movies a month for, I guess it's $15. Um, I think it's a it's a good move, but um, of course people are still just really up in arms over just kind of the roller coaster ride they've been taking on with this of just trying to figure out just all all, all I want to do is go see a movie and use this you know that sort of thing. I will have you know as a side note though I checked out their stock. Did you? I did. the uh, The stock ticker actually is H M as in money, N as in Norway. And why? H-M-N-Y. H-M-N-Y. And uh, they have been taking... They, they've been absolutely beaten down. Apparently, around this time last year, they had a high of about $39 a share. I'm here to tell you, Steve, that the stock currently sits at just over $0.02 cents a share. <laughs> So there is quite a bit of blood in the street, so to speak, in terms of that particular stock. And uh, I decided to take a high risk venture and just uh, invest just a little bit of cashola into that. 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much, but I figured, okay, at two cents, even like just a little bit of cash, that actually is going to give me a, a pretty good swath of shares and it could completely blow up in my face. But I thought to myself, if they're able to continue stabilizing just what their their policy is and just stop alienating their customers and be able to continue building their, their subscriber base to a point where they break even financially and then be able to actually make a profit, it could be a crazy turnaround story. But at the same time, like I said, it could even just kind of peter out and get snuffed out like a candle and then, you know, I'm out a little bit of money, but whatever. I thought, eh, eh be a little fun to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so how much, Russ? Oh, I only put like 500 bucks in. It's, it's not much. I'm just like, yeah, there you go. If I lose it, I lose it. But it, but it, hey, if it turns around, I mean, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, that basically netted me about 21,649 shares. So, I mean, even if like the stock went up to like a dollar, ah, I just made myself about uh, a little over 21 grand. There you go. <laughs> So we'll just have to see what happens, but yeah, that's what kind of makes things exciting. <laughs> I was also thinking like, ah, 50 bucks, 10 bucks. Uh, I was feeling uh, a little, a little saucy there, Steve. <laughs> Let's see how it's going to go. Uh, Netflix's The Witcher has officially cast Henry Cavill as Geralt. If you recall, Henry was expressing mm -hmm. interest in wanting to play the character. He said he has read the books and played the games and loved them all. That is correct, good sir. Uh, How do you see. feel about that, Roz? You know, I think it's pretty cool. What's interesting about Henry Cavill is that he... We've only seen him in certain types of roles that are somewhat, I mean, like when we've seen him play as Superman, I liked him as Superman. Uh, I, I have not seen him in Man From U.N.C.L.E. like you have, so I can't comment on that. But I, uh, we did see him in Mission Impossible Fallout where he played more of a certain type of character. I don't want to go into spoiler territory for those of you who haven't seen it. But um, 
I really liked him in that role too. Like it was just, it was, it was a bit more different, that sort of thing. So I am excited. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does because honestly, I don't think we've really been, or actually, let me, let me back up. I don't think he's been given the opportunity to really showcase his spectrum of acting. I right. think, I think that like he has a certain kind of look that fits a certain type of role and he has the ability to play into that. And so he's been offered these different types of roles, but you know, Geralt is a very different type of character from the other characters he's played in the past. And I don't, I, I for one, am, am interested in to see what happens. I definitely am not scoffing at it. Right. I think that, um, there's some, some major potential there. What do you think? I think, well, I two, 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 two sides of the coin here, Ross. <laughs> so the voice of Gerald, Doug Cockle, uh-huh. Was interviewed and he was. They were asking him about you know whatever whatnot. What he thinks. His perspective is interesting. He says, if Cavill can showcase what he thinks Geralt should be, and be acted in the voice, then he says that would be good. He says if he's trying to make my voice for Geralt, he says yeah. that's going to be bad, which I agree with. Because the other side of it is, I don't think. Cavill has the look of Geralt. Well, again, in the traditional sense, he does not. However, once, you know, the the makeup team and hairstyling team and, every, you know, you get those guys together, I mean, they can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they can. I think the way they might be doing it is this is going to be the younger version of Geralt, maybe when he was turned into a Witcher, possibly, because, which, you know, Geralt's old in the game. Yeah. So How old is he in Witcher 3? Oh, man, I... Um... Uh, he's like, wow, oh, jeez, I think hundred and something, two hundred and something. Okay, yeah, he has long life, so he's he's literally old. But because the all the Witcher <clears throat> serums and everything keep on postponing his his uh, his age, it takes a long time to uh, get to where he's gonna get to where he goes. But are you excited to see him play the role, or are I'm, you? Cautious? I'm definitely, I'm, I'm I'm both. I'm definitely interested. I'm a fan of of Henry Cavill. I'm just cautious. Okay. I don't want them. I don't. I want them to make the right decisions. I don't want them to get too excited of oh Henry Cavill, oh you, you Superman, yeah, let's bring him on. And then there might be some no-name actor who is looking for a spot who might be perfect. Well, I do think it says something to hear him talk about how he's read the books. Right. He's played the game. I mean, like, like it's much better than someone who's like, no, oh, who's, yeah, who's Geralt? What's yeah. the, what's the Witcher? I'm here to. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here for the role. I'm here uh, to collect a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Jerry? Jerry? Jerry of Rivia. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel has uh, the first official photo reveal. Did you see this, Steve? Uh, no. The first official image of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel has been revealed. Uh, it's actually on Entertainment Weekly's new issue cover. The superhero's suit is familiar, but has been tweaked a little bit from the comics from its MCU debut, or for its, excuse me, its MCU de debut. Uh, Entertainment Weekly's report confirms that this is not a traditional origin story beginning after Carol Danvers already had her powers and has joined a Kree military team called Star Force, uh, taking place in the 90s. Samuel L. Jackson will play a younger Nick Fury, complete with both eyes and a desk job at S.H.I.E.L.D. 
The report also confirms that Jude Law as a Kree military commander and Ben Mendelsohn as uh, Talos, the head of Scroll Invasion of Earth, will appear in the film. And of course, Captain Marvel will return to Earth to find out about her past, presumably revealing the origin of those powers, and fight off the shape-shifting Scroll threat. Describing the character, Larson says, quote, she can't help but be herself. She can be aggressive, and she can have a temper, and she can be a little invasive and in your face. She also is quick to jump to things, which makes her amazing in battle because she's the first one out there and doesn't always wait for orders. But the not waiting for orders is, to some, a character flaw. End quote. Captain Marvel is due to be released on March 8th of 2019, which I'm looking forward to very much because that is the precursor to when Infinity War Part 2 is released, I believe in May, if I'm not mistaken. It's either April or May, somewhere around there. Die Hard 6. Are you a Die Hard fan? Not particularly. Really? I, I, I mean, it's not like I don't like it. It's just that, I, oh, I don't, you know, get all hot and bothered when another one comes out. I always liked uh, the Die Hard series. I, I always liked Bruce Willis and, you know, I, I love Die Hard 1, 2, and 3. Uh, I liked, uh, what was that one? The the hacker one that came out. Uh, Live Free or Die Hard. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Die Hard 6 will be called simply... McLean. <laughs> Die Hard 6, originally rumored to be called Die Hard Year One, will follow a 60-year-old McLean and a younger McLean in his 20s as well. Of but course. But despite the uh, supposed time jumps, um, they have reassured fans that Willis will still have a large role in the film. Huh, interesting. Hmm. And uh, next on the list here is that uh, actor Burt Reynolds dies at 82. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter reports that Burt Reynolds uh, has passed away, confirmed by his manager, Eric Kritzer, to uh, THR. Reynolds died Thursday morning at Jupiter Medical Center in Florida. Multiple reports are stating that Reynolds died following a heart attack. If you recall, Reynolds began his acting career in television on multiple westerns and police shows before jumping into action movies in the 1970s and 1980s. He was known for choosing his roles based on how fun they seemed to be and later regretted not taking on challenging roles as he wrote in his memoir. And the, the name of the memoir is called But Enough About Me. Oh, I was going. I thought I was going to say something like uh, mustache or something. Mustache. <laughs> Hairy man. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he had, uh, he had the stash all throughout his Hollywood career, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen every single movie he's been in, so I I've cannot seen, like, confirm. A lot of young movies with him. He's always had... I, well, I, I, I don't want to say always, Russ. Ah. I don't want to say always. But between him and Tom Selleck... Yes. Man, the two stashes and... Uh, they, best stashes in Hollywood. They represented the stash very well. Yes. I have a quote here from, uh, I believe it's from his memoirs, but he said, I didn't open myself to new writers or risky parts because I wasn't interested in challenging myself as an actor. I was interested in having a good time. Uh, as a result, I missed a lot of opportunities to show I could play serious roles. By the time I finally woke up and tried to get it right, nobody would give me a chance, end quote. Reynolds received an Oscar nomination for Best Actor in a supporting role for his portrayal of Jack Horner, who was a porn director in Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights in 1997. <laughs> he ended up losing the Oscar, if you recall, to Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. I actually do remember that. 
From 1978 to 1982, Reynolds was the top grossing actor in Hollywood. In 1978, he was in four movies that were playing in theaters during the same time. You want to see that movie Man. with Burt Reynolds? How about that other movie with Burt Reynolds? <laughs> oh, you know, how about the well, they got another one with Burt Reynolds? Okay, fine. Let's go to the one with Burt Reynolds. <laughs> That's when you know uh, you're firing in all cylinders, when you got four movies in the theater at the same time. I'm trying to think of the last movie I saw with him in it. I know I saw the Dukes of Hazard movie. He, he was in that, yeah. Yeah, that was back in 2005. Reynolds has said he turned down many roles over the years, some that went on to win Oscars in their time, including R.P. McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and James L. Brooks's Terms of Endearment, both which, if you recall, Steve, Jack Nicholson won Oscars for. Right. Other roles Reynolds stepped away from include Richard Gere's role as Edward Lewis in Pretty Woman, Harrison Ford's Han Solo in Star Wars, and Bruce Willis's John McClane in Die Hard. He could have been in all of those as well. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if he would have really fit, though. I'm telling you, all those are just huge movies, though. That's just crazy. Finally, last but not least, Incredibles 2 becomes the first animated film to cross $600 million at the U.S. box office. Really? I thought for sure Toy Story was beyond that. Well, uh, the box office Mojo reports the film hit the milestone over Labor Day weekend and is the ninth movie to hit it. Incredibles 2 uh, is now also the highest grossing animated film, making an estimated $1.16 billion with a capital B worldwide. The record was previously held by 2016's Finding Dory, which ended up making roughly $486 million in the U.S. and $1.028 I believe it's billion worldwide. Shows you how many people like The Incredibles and Finding Nemo. I mean, it's just Pixar. I mean, that's... that's well, yeah, I but I mean... I love it. Yeah. Well... Quite the lovely uh, little dealios here. Oh, and before we go any further, of course, we do have a bit of technology news. And this oh. is the one that I was asking you about early on, Steve. What, your toothbrush? <laughs> <laughs> My toothbrush? Why, uh, why, yes, no. So the second company to hit $1 trillion in market value, Amazon. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. CNBC reports Amazon hit this market cap Tuesday morning after shares rose by almost 2%, making them worth, wow, just over $2 trillion. Well, well, technically, it makes them worth $2,050.50 a share. Because the outstanding share count was reportedly, oh, this is a big number. Let's see if I can get it right. I believe it is... 487,741,189 shares. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the math added up to the overall market value hitting that magical... Tra I don't even know what that is. Basically, it's a lot. According to CNBC, analysts are citing uh, an ever-diversifying portfolio from Amazon as an explanation for what drove the stock's value upwards. A growth in Amazon Web Services is also noted as a major factor in the company's recent success, though there is a major milestone for the company to hit. Apple managed to reach it a little over a month ago. Still, both U.S. giants continue to grow in value and size. 
Do you happen to have any stock in Apple or Amazon, Steve? Apple, yes. Amazon, no. Do you I guess I probably should. I There's been plenty of times where I thought, eh, it's just too expensive. It, you know, it's probably not going to go much higher. Oh, look at that. It went up like, you know, 28%. Uh, it's not going to, it's too expensive. Uh, it's not going to go much higher. And then it, bam. Oh, up another 14%. Oh, that nice. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much how I am as well. It's, uh, we just gotta, you gotta take the plunge. I, I think suppose. I just might. I think if I had a good year, I might just buy one share, and then go. Okay, now let's see what happens. But then, like we said in our stock episode, as soon as I buy it, then Amazon's like gonna have some big surge, and all their power is gonna go out, and they're gonna be down for business for like five days, and then. They- <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm going to be the tipping point. Yeah. That's how it always works. All right, Steve. Well, I do believe it is time for none other than our topic of the day. What do you say we kick the tires and light the fire? Okay, man. Our topic of the day is Spider-Man the game that was developed by Insomniac Games. And we have not beaten the game yet. So this is going to be more of kind of like our initial impressions of just uh, where we've gotten so far, which hasn't been too far considering the fact that uh, I bought it uh, yesterday. (laughs) An hour ago. (laughs) In fact, I just got home from GameStop. However... Both of us have sat down and played for a few hours each. So, well, maybe not a few hours, maybe a couple hours. Somewhere around there. About one. Maybe a lot more for you than for me. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you, you didn't have as much of a, a playtime experience as, as I did. But uh, anyway, what do you think of the game? I think it's just like Batman, only it's in a daytime and everything is a lot cleaner and there's a lot more population, you know, in the Batman city. what? Batman um, Arkham Knight. That's correct. Uh, I do like playing little uh, web slinger himself. And I think they have a great personality for him. You know, the, the controls, maybe it's just me from going from Xbox to PlayStation. Okay, uh, square, uh, uh circle, the triangle, uh, X. Okay, yeah, I, I'm having a tough time with the buttons. But, I mean, that's not anything with the game. That's just me going from years and years and years of Xbox back to PlayStation. But, uh, but anyhow. Um, I like the music. Uh, there's a lot more exploration I gotta do. Uh-huh. Um, I think that some of the characters look good and some of the characters just look like so-so. Okay. Uh, I mean, I love the way... I mean, we're just, we just got past the part from introducing ourselves to Dr. Octavius. Mm-hmm. And he looks great. And Peter Parker looks great. A lot of other folks that come through, I think it just looks so-so. So, I mean, I don't know if it's just a lot lack of textures or emphasis on the random people. Mm-hmm. But they just look kind of so-so. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down to, to play more. I love the web slinging. Love just seeing how I can, how high I can get yeah. swinging through town. I want to see how low I can get. To, like Spider-Man 1 in the movies, like when he's down near the cars, like that low swinging up high, I want to do that. Yeah. There's a lot of going to be that getting used to and just slinging as far as I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, probably avoiding some of the missions for a while <laughs> just because I want to keep on web slinging. Sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, let me think here. Quite a bit on my mind about this title. So when I first saw this uh, at E3, I believe it was last year, uh, I, I was just really blown away by what I was seeing with the game demo. And um, so I, I have a kind of a bevy of thoughts on this. I think that the um, the graphic style is really cool. I, I really do like, um, kind of to your point, I like how bright and cheery and everything, just, just how New York is. And I, I just, <laughs> I don't know if I would say cheery for well, New York, but like, I guess what, what I mean by that is just all I've really had to go off of in terms of like comic book games is Batman. Like right. when it comes to Batman and Arkham city, Batman, and Arkham Knight, And of course, like, like to your point, those games take place at night and it's raining and it's just real soggy. And, and, and that fits for that particular world. But in Spider-Man, it's very different. Spider-Man is much more of that brighter bustling, plenty of life going on in the city kind of thing. And that's just part of the persona of the world of Spider-Man. And so I think that they like so far anyway, I believe that they've really captured it well. And one of the things that I think is really cool about the game is I like how there are times when you are Spider-Man and then there are other times when you play as Peter Parker. And I think it's cool because even with the limited amount of time that we have put into the game, I can see how there is major potential for this game to actually go back and forth constantly where you're you're kind of taking a break from doing one or the other and so it keeps it really fresh because by the time I jump back into my little superhero duds as Spider-Man I'm swinging through the city again I'm like oh yeah I'm swinging I forgot yeah I'm used to like running around and like doing like little mini game puzzles or, or having to uh, be more of that, that Peter Parker persona. So I hope, my hope is in the game, as I continue playing through, we'll be able to see more of kind of Peter Parker's lifestyle. Like perhaps he's in school sometimes. Maybe we'll be able to, to see some more of his like family members and that sort of thing and be able to do like little things that like a, a 16 or 17 year old would do. Or in this case, I think in the game, I think he's a little bit older now. I think he's kind of more in like his like early 20s or something. I don't know for sure what the age was that they were going for, but the music is just spot on for me. Like I, I found myself turning up the music last night while I was playing it. Absolutely wonderful to listen to, especially as you're swinging higher and higher and doing all this kind of crazy acrobatics in the air, that sort of thing. And the, the voice acting, I think, is on point. I really like all the different voices I've heard so far. I think the guy who they got to um, do the voice of Peter Parker is perfect. Yeah. He has personality to spare, which, I mean, that's part of who Spider-Man is. And I look forward to, to meeting more of the villains in the game. There are probably just all kinds that are waiting to be discovered. I've also heard, too that there are Easter eggs throughout the city. I think there, if I was reading on IGN correctly, I think they said something between 17 and 19 different types of like landmarks. Like, like you could see like Stark Industries Tower somewhere in New York and you can see some other things too you have to look for. But I like how they are taking kind of that TLC approach to give the impression that this is a Marvel living, breathing world. It's not just exclusive to Spider-Man, but that these other superheroes, yes, they, they do have uh, some sort of presence in there. Even if you never see them in the game, they're the, the, you know, there, there is that kind of nod, if you will. So I think that's, that's really cool. What do you think of the fighting? The fighting, yeah, it's just like Batman. I mean, I, I like how they 
um, have the spider sense yes. for something that you know, you know, someone's either going to hit you from behind, what not. It didn't look right in Batman. It, yeah, see, that's the funny thing is that Batman had kind of the spidey sense thing, which just didn't look right, but it is completely appropriate for this game. Yeah, he has, I mean, Batman has great senses you know, anyway, I and mean, he's got some gadgets and whatnot. Sure. But so it makes sense yeah. that he would know someone was creeping up behind him, but it, it it's right in, in Spider-Man for sure. Um, the motion and the fighting seems a lot faster. In Spider-Man? Crazy fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think once you get down uh, the web slinging mm. inside a building and outside the building, it's going to make it that much better. Yeah. Because right now I'm just running around thinking that I'm playing Arkham Knight and, you know, punching and kicking and doing my Spider-Man moves. My Spider-Man martial arts. Yeah. And, Spider-Man kung fu. <laughs> right. But, I mean, I think if I was webbing all around these these large lobbies inside buildings and whatnot, I think that'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. One thing I was going to mention is when I was getting used to web slinging throughout the city, I felt like maybe Peter Parker did in, in, the, in the very first Spider-Man where he's thinking, okay, you know, I got to jump off this building. Uh, uh-huh. Okay, uh, how to uh, direct... Tra- 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 hey! <laughs> My trajectory of the web is going to sling me this way, you know, and I have to get used to, you know, you know, kicking myself out to keep my momentum up and, you know, slinging this way, slinging that way, going around a corner. Because mm-hmm. um, there are times where I, I would, like, cast my web and then nothing would happen. I'm like, you got to jump off the bed. Uh-huh. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll jump and then do it. And then I'll jump and then I'd, I'd screw up slinging the wrong spot and I'd just, like, fall down and, like, Look at someone walk along the street like, hey, what's up? And they're like, hey. And like try and take a picture of me with her cell phone. I thought that was kind of cool. I'll try to run back up the building or whatever, yeah. whatnot. So I think that that's interesting. They, they might have done it that way on purpose because you have to get used to being a sure, Spider-Man. You're absolutely. a brand new player. You've played a lot of games. Well, the other thing, too, to keep in mind is that they have copied the same type of, of abilities tree that you would expect from Batman Arkham Knight. Like, if you recall, in Batman Arkham Knight, as you gain experience, you unlock ability points. Those ability points that can then be applied to certain types of trees that either have to do with the Batmobile or have to do with your, your suit or have to do with your gadgets or whatever. Spider-Man has something very similar to that where yeah. like they have multiple trees you could choose from. And based off that, you can unlock certain abilities. So as you go along, probably by the end of the game, you're feeling like a total badass because you have all right. these different abilities that you can do, which to me... I actually prefer that because there is enough up front where like, okay, I need to get more experience that just doing something like, I don't know, swinging through the city and like not have to like, you know, splat against the side of a building or something like that. I wonder if Insomniac Insomniac games had some conversations with Rocksteady because the games are, at least the combat is really similar. I mean, there's quite a few. It's not like, oh yeah, I remember that in Batman Arkham Knight. And this is like, this is Batman Arkham Knight only with Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they had any conversations with them or not. But Batman, just the Arkham series, even with Arkham Asylum, I mean, that was the first time that type of combat mechanics was deployed. And it was a success. I mean, everybody was like, wow, this is how you, you can do kind of more of that crowd combat kind of thing. And then, of course, over the, the sequels, Rocksteady was able to refine it a bit more, add some more polish to it, that sort of thing. And and so I think it's kind of a benchmark for other titles that 
kind of share that similar genre of game that they'll look at and they go, okay, well, yeah, we should probably employ some of the, the same type of um, abilities and, and the way you, you know, you, you take on the different bad guys, that sort of thing, but then have a kind of a spin on it. Like obviously in Spider-Man's case, leverage the webbing that he can do. He's clearly more of an agile character over Batman. He, you know, use your environment to more of your advantage. Clearly Spider-Man has some, some uh, super strength of sorts where he's able to lift certain things that Batman would never be able to lift on his own. Cause he's just a normal person. But yeah, I'm curious to see like how much more there is, and judging from the trees, I mean, there there is a lot that that you can unlock for that. But yeah, there is uh, you cannot help but think about Batman: Arkham Knight when you play the game. Right. I wholeheartedly agree, Ron. Hmm. What else do you think, Steve? I like some of the details. I mean, where I kind of left off was uh, you know uh, Octavian was. Dr. Octavian was getting his Octavius. Octavius. Plural. (laughs) 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 Was getting his butt chewed on by all his, you know, investors or superiors or whatever. And so I was looking around his laboratory looking for anything I could find familiar. And I like how they have, you know, like the desktops, for example, look like desktops you would see in reality. Like, okay, that looks like something you would purchase at at Best Buy or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you would see the what is that the 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 chart of of ah oh, what's it called periodic table? Thank you, the scientific right. periodic table. Periodic table. Thank you. So I, I'm glad they put that stuff in there. I like how just everything looks real. I remember when you're in the beginning when you're going through Peter Parker's room and you look at his laptop. And I thought I remember back in the day when all like the keyboard looked like one texture, mm. you know, not, yeah. not individual keys. And then here you can see the shadowing of the, uh, each individual key on the keyboard. You could see that the, the screen recess is a little bit, it's not just one flat polygon with some textures on it, you yeah. know, uh, stuff like that. I could really appreciate. Actually, even the, the texture work in everything I've seen so far, is just beautiful. Yeah. And I think that that is a testament to the game because in a game like Batman, you can have the shadows work in your favor. If you, if everything is super dark, it's nighttime, it's foggy, it's rainy, all that kind of stuff. You can get away with more as opposed to this bright blue sky, sunshiny day where you have to have those textures sing especially when the light's hitting it. And, and I mean, like when we were having that battle with Kingpin, for example, all of the different types of textures that they used on the walls and the floors and some of the ones that, uh, that have glass on them and, or um, some parts have a, like kind of an eroding quality and that sort of thing. I was able to actually focus on that more while you were playing. Cause I didn't have to focus on the, the combat. So just being a, a standby viewer, I could just sit there and, and just stare more at the detail. And I, I'm impressed. I, I really do like it a lot. Plus, especially with uh, the PS4 Pro, there's more of that crispiness to it. And I'm not, I don't even have a 4K TV. I have a 1080p TV. So I imagine, especially on like a TV like yours, if you're playing this game, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, it's probably going to even be more enhanced, especially with all the HDR enabled and that sort of thing. That's what I was thinking too, because since we played it on, the, on your your brand spanking new PS4 Pro, I was hoping it was going to be quite different than what I was expecting on the regular PS4. And since I haven't had anything to compare with, I don't know if I was really blown away. I mean, I, I would expect it to look like 
a next gen Spider Man game, mm -hmm. but I wasn't vastly impressed with the graphics. Again, I think it's because my TV. I'm hoping so. Is not what it is. Right. I can tell you that when I was first playing this game on my regular PS4, um, the the texture work was not as crispy. Mm. That was one of the things that was I thought was interesting was that uh, about seventy five percent of my playthrough uh, was on the the regular PS4, and then I broke out the PS4 Pro and started playing it from there. And especially watching you play all the same scenes that I had done before, I'm looking at it and I'm again, I'm able to pay attention more to just what's happening. It's like, wow, yeah, there even on like a, a TV that's 1080p, there is a noticeable difference in terms of the texture resolution, how crispy everything looks. And there's actually, there are added effects to things. Like when you were taking on that, that initial little crime that was taking place with uh the gunman on the streets and there was like that, that tanker truck that exploded and there was fire in the original PS4 version. There was actually less flames and less smoke debris stuff. And then with the version you were playing, there was a substantial more that was there. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, you know, it's nice to know that until I, I upgrade my, my TV, I, at least I know I can still get more out of it. Just playing it through the PS4 pro, not to mention the fact also that the loading times are a lot shorter. Is crispy a technical term, Russ? Crispy is a Russ term. Mm -hmm. Back in my car audio days, everyone used to come up to me and say, I want something that sounds crispy. I'm like, I'm trying to decide what crispy is. <laughs> <laughs> and why is it that my voice sounds like this in my head? <laughs> it's my inner long... Inner, my, <laughs> my inner log? My Wait, inner my, monologue. My analog. No. <laughs> My innerest logamus. Yeah. The fighting, going back to the fighting mechanic, it's weird because Spider-Man is so much more of a lighthearted guy. Right. And like when I was playing Batman, I was expecting kind of this brawler, like this kind of dirty fighting kind of thing. And it was very satisfying to be able to take out those guys. In this game, though, Spider-Man is so much more lighthearted. He clearly has certain abilities, and he's able to take out the baddies and stuff. But it's it's taking me a little bit to get around some of the, the fighting with it. And I do believe that they have incorporated this a bit into the, the fighting style itself, where you cannot approach it like you would with Batman Arkham Knight, in the sense that Batman can just, you know, bulldoze his way through the, the characters. You actually have to be very nimble in this game and aggressively use more of the evasion techniques and that sort of thing. Like in Batman, you could kind of do that. You would kind of evade here and there if you had to. This game, I think it's much more be aware of your environment, be aware of your surroundings, be able to leverage things that, that you can grab and throw at people. It's it's all about kind of keeping your, your enemies kind of on their heels and not really understanding or being able to predict what you're going to do and that sort of thing. And you'll get the upper hand in that way. But did you have any other comments about it, Steve? No, that, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. I just think it's easier to point out the similarities than it is the differences between the two games. I mean, I, when, when I was on top of the, the building, kind of mm -hmm. hacking the tower in a way, making it work, or even in uh, the laboratory. Very bad. Yeah. Again, there was something else they pulled. I mean, even like the radio waves and everything, how you're uh -huh. supposed to align everything. I thought, well, that's really close. Yeah. 
even jumping up onto the, the, the police rooftop and talking yeah. to not necessarily the commissioner, but the police uh, chief or captain or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there are a lot of similarities, but um, again, I think that we'll have to come back once we've been able to play through the game entirely and provide kind of more of our, our review of the game. This is kind of more of an impression at yeah. this point in time. But I'm glad it's finally out. Just is true, Rush. There's a lot of places in the city I'd like to explore. I'd like to see the water. Water, water is hard to do in a game. It's wa- the like. wa- Okay, the water in the bay looks gorgeous. I don't know if you saw it. From a distance. From a distance. From a distance. <laughs> That's not the words, Russ. Yeah, I know. Those aren't that. That's not the lyrics. I'll stop. Did you have any other uh, final thoughts, Steve? No, Russ. I think I need to uh, advance more than 4% through the game to uh, have more thoughts. Right you are. I am uh, of the same opinion. (laughs) That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm for exclusive and early access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Last but certainly not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us streaming our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.